Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, welcome into the Dublin Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. Michael McQueen, John by Colin Cronin, Stuart Roach. After the Broncos uh, are defeated 15 to 10 in Week 15 of the NFL season, falling to seven and seven, the Bengals move on to eight and six with the Broncos. Um, a very disappointing result. Teddy Bridgewater obviously gets injured. Really not sure if he's going to play again this season. To be honest with you, with in terms of the injury that he had, Drew Locke comes in. We'll talk about Drew Locke and we'll talk about that game coming up this weekend against the Raiders in a bit. But Colin, first off, welcome to you, man. What were your thoughts on the game this weekend? Um, frustration once again with this Broncos team. It's it, you can't be surprised. I think you know the anger has long since dissipated it's it's just more the same you know what's we've talked about it so many times on this uh podcast and michael the listeners won't be able to hear but my screen name today is is it september 2022 yet because (laughs) it just feels like we're going in in circles we are the you know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result we keep doing the same thing over and over again and then expecting a different result. Yeah, we keep 
you know, we don't we we don't get blown out. We never um well this year we 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 don't get um blown out. The the Bills last year obviously did a number on us, but we just don't score points. It it doesn't matter who's on the the field. Uh, you know, they it doesn't matter who who is the QB and I, we'll we'll come back to that. But for me, we have enormous issues at at this um team. Um, we're we're now you know staring down the the barrel realistically of missing the playoffs once again. Uh, it'll mean that we won't have been in the 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 playoffs since Super Bowl Fifty, and it's just enormously frustrating, disappointing. But when it, when is it going to to change? Every year we're told we're a quarterback away. But it never seems to materialize, no matter who we put in there. So yeah, we slowed the the Bengals' offense, um, but we scored ten points at home. That's just that's not good enough. Stuart, welcome in. Just your thoughts on the game last Sunday. I I missed the first half, Michael. Um, we we uh, friends had booked a table in a pub before. Uh, the fall of Saigon that was Dublin um, on Sunday night when the pubs closed at the normal time for the last time for the foreseeable future. So the first half, um, I didn't see until I watched the replay the following day, but they had red zone on in the pub that I was in. And um, I mentioned this to Colin when I was chatting to him the other day. The Broncos-Bengals game was so bad that they cut to it at one stage in red zone um, when I think somebody caught a slant across the middle for the Bengals and that was it um, for the entire first half until the end when McManus missed a field goal and then the Cincinnati Bengals kicker kicked the subsequent field goal and I remember thinking in the pub and sorry I wasn't drinking so you know, but I remember kind of going surely is there something going on here is the game been stopped is there is there a problem because there's only three or four games going on at the moment and um, so surely there should be some no so yeah column touched on that the defense did well they held you know a dangerous bengals team with all those young stars uh but it doesn't matter they scored 10 points so you know i mean uh, we've been kind of saying this for a while we seem to be stuck in 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 you know decades old type of football um it doesn't seem to really matter who the quarterback is you know there's been one constant over the last two years is pat Shermer. hopefully there's only three more games of his you know incredibly insipid football to watch um but yeah that was that was you know another game in which effectively was a playoff game for the broncos because i think given the the tiebreaker now that the bengals are going to have over us and you can see what it meant to them at the end and i think they knew they didn't play particularly well but they got out with aaron they got the they got the dub. Um, this is another game that the Broncos failed to show up in realistically um, in a playoff game because um, they're all playoff games from here on in. Um, the, this, the peculiar nature of the AFC in particular this year means that technically the Broncos are still in the mix. Um, but the way the AFC playoff standings are at the moment, the only teams that are below us are the the absolute bottom feeders. You know, so you've got your your Jets and. Um, who else the uh you know the teams that are just they're already been eliminated from the playoffs so i think we're basically one defeat away from from a yet another season of playoff less football which puts us in some really embarrassingly bad company when it comes to teams that have been out of the playoffs for as long as we have so there's an awful lot you know we need to get fixed and i think i think we we, we all know 
really what has to happen. I mean, I know we're going to come on to it now and talk about the Teddy and, and Drew Locke situation. Uh, but this is yet again another game in which Drew Locke comes in and makes a catastrophic mistake. And it seems to take away from the fact that Teddy was having an absolutely dreadful game against the Bengals. He did he did nothing. He had 96 yards or something passing before he got hurt. That's two quarters and then, you know, I think another five minutes of the third. Um, so, you know, that's that's where we're at. I think we've, we've kind of been on this. We seem to be on a, on a roundabout, you know, for, for most of the season, occasionally something incredibly surprising will happen, you know, i.e. we'll beat the Cowboys. And, uh, we'll, we'll make sort of uh, the Chargers look ordinary, but then you'll throw it in with performances like this or against, you know, the Case Keenan Browns. And you just have no idea what's coming up with this team. But, but a lot of the time it's disappointment, to be honest with you, you know, you can count them one hand the amount of exciting performances we put in there were the two i just mentioned the rest of the season has been chore you know it's been and it not only has it been has it been ineffective football it's been boring and it's been boring football for a long time and that's just not good enough colin Stewart made a very fair comment there with the, the bengals and, and the offensive talent that they have and especially the youth that the bengals have well I agree with that completely, and, and and I look at a team like ours and, and see a lot of youth there. So, how the hell do we only score ten points against the Bengals? Well, well, I I I think there's a, a fun like there's so many issues, Michael, and like ultimately we are we're back to this week. It seems Broncos country is once again having a civil war over two terrible quarterbacks. Okay, neither of these quarterbacks are the answer. Neither of these quarterbacks are franchise QB. And people are getting into like Team Teddy and Team Drew. They're both not good enough. Okay, Greg Rosenthal had a tweet saying 52 quarterbacks have at least 40 dropbacks this season. PFF ranks Drew Lock 52nd and 51st isn't that close. 52nd. 52nd let that sink in like and this is who people think is going to miraculously turn our season around and oh if he'd been in from the start he would have been an mvp drew lock has come in three times okay in, in those in those three games obviously against the, the 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 ravens against the the chargers and against the the bengals it it hasn't gone well okay he is he's taken um and like a no a number of sacks in each of the the games um he's thrown two interceptions he's had five sacks and he had the turnover where he gave it away to the the Bengals player the other day so drew lock isn't the the answer for this team teddy isn't the answer either but for some reason our coaching staff um decided that he he was and George Payton has done well in many respects, but George Payton went along with that, or George Payton made the decision on Teddy. It hasn't worked. It has not worked. And there's lots that you can admire in what George Payton has done. But if you don't have a, a QB, forget about it. For all the good the defense did the other day, ultimately they fell to a Bengals team who have their franchise QB. And until we find that, we are just going to circle the drain, circle the drain. And yeah, you'll be slightly ahead of the Jaguars and the Jets. And this year has been really unusual because of the extra playoff seed. It makes it seem like you're in the hunt for longer than you are because there's a seven seed. Plus, we've seen on the AFC side, 
really like uh, real parity in terms of there is no team uh, you know way ahead the Chiefs had, had a stumble at one point the Patriots were number one seed then that changed the Chiefs are there now the Titans ha- held it for a while so that has changed hands on a number of occasions but ultimately to me I, I th- this we need a complete overhaul we know that there's um, very likely a new owner going to come in but I think you need to change it head coach. I think you need to change an offensive coordinator. And I think you need an entirely new quarterback room. I don't believe any of the guys in there are the answer. And I think it is more than ever, You know, we keep going back to it. You have to have a QB in, in this league, but you have to have a plan in place to develop that QB ideally. Unless you hit on goal like the Chargers did, with Justin Herbert and then yeah you can change your head coach you can change your OC he can go and not play preseason he can be him but you can't do that and we'll get into the the Raiders but just a little bit for me on the Raiders is because we heard people say oh Drew Locke could go on to be to, to develop to be Derek Carr Derek Carr has been to the playoffs once in his entire career if you because because he the Raiders had have a mediocre QB and then tried to compete with the Broncos with, with Peyton Manning and are now trying to compete with the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and the Chargers with Justin Herbert with Derek Carr. And it doesn't work. You cannot have, be average. You cannot be uh, ju- just good enough. If you are to compete with the teams who are in the AFC West, you have to find a special talent at QB. But in order to do that, I think we need a new head coach and new OC. Because if we had Super Bowl 24 Joe Montana and you put Jerry Rice out there, I still think Pat Shermer would devise a scheme where he wouldn't look to throw uh, to Jerry Rice. We need to change. We desperately need to change. Looking, Stuart, at that Teddy Bridgewater instance, obviously Teddy Bridgewater going down for a very, very, not uh, it wasn't a long time. It looked like it could have been, it, it was a serious injury, but it looked to me more serious than what hopefully, please God, it is, that it is now. I was watching the game. I was at the Ravens-Packers game and like everybody went quiet when that injury happened. And I think people were really fearing the worst for him, but um, hopefully he'll be okay and get back to action again soon. But the, any hope when that game went whenever Teddy went out, wasn't it? Like, I mean, I don't have any confidence Stuart and Drew Locke walking on the field. I mean, well, I, no, I mean, I disagree with you. And there was no hope in that game. Well, what, <laughs> well, I mean, what, what did Bridgewater do up to that point to suggest he was going to turn it around? The, the one thing Bridgewater has had a habit of doing this year, which completely skews and, and changes the narrative, is he's great at getting garbage time stats and he's great at picking up a touchdown towards the end of the game to make it look like it hasn't been a complete disaster. Bridgewater had done nothing in that game, Mike. He'd done nothing. So there was nothing to suggest he was going to do anything different. Like, and in some ways, sorry for jumping all over here, but in some ways that game encapsulates Bridgewater because there seemed to be this idea that he was going to come in. We heard it all off season. Oh, he's never been on such a team and he's got all these weapons and blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, so what's he done? He's He's gone, what are we now, seven and four? Um, and, and four of those games were against, four of those victories were against some really, really poor teams. You know, you got the Jags, you got the Giants, you got the Jets, you got the Lions. They are four of the absolute worst teams in the NFL by some distance. So, you know, we were able to feast, feast on those at the start of the season. As soon as it came down to it, as soon as, the, as things got difficult, 
Bridgewater is who he is. There's plenty of tape on him at this point. Do you know? So I, I don't think, I don't see it. I don't see what he was going to do any differently. Maybe they may may have made some adjustments at half time. Then again, this coaching staff doesn't really look like it makes any adjustments at all. So, you know, I think from the sense that your starting quarterback going down tends obviously to, to make a comeback or, you know, or whatever, a victory at that stage, unlikely. Um, it's not like, you know, you're, you're losing Joe Montana and Bobby Brister comes in. Although that's actually unfair to Bobby Brister to give him his due. But you know what I mean? It's not like you're losing a franchise QB and some guy who, you know, most of us have never heard of comes in. Um, like, one of the things that I think annoyed most of us, or certainly myself, was that by all accounts, apart from the ones that were sort of force-fed by the, 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 the team, most accounts were that the, the QB battle during the summer was pretty close. Um, the preseason games looked pretty close until they decided to go for fourth down with Teji to keep his drives alive, which meant they could blah, blah, blah. If that's the case, you go with the younger guy. That's just what the NFL does. You go with the younger guy. But no, Vic was coaching to save his, well, uh, save his, his, his job. Sherman was coaching to save his job. So they went with the guy who was the steady option. Like the Broncos are, I think they're 22nd now in in offense, which is a, is a miracle, and it comes as a real surprise to me. But again, most of that is to do with the fact that they played four of the worst teams in the NFL. I'd say if you were able to take out those four bottom feeder teams, and I, I actually kind of feel wrong saying that because like let's, it's, it's hardly like the Broncos are a powerhouse themselves. If you could take out the games that they played against those really poor teams, I'd say the offensive output is absolutely diabolical. So I think, you know... I was a believer in Locke, or I saw the promise in Locke, and now you see when he comes in, and he does show flashes being promising. He shows arm talent. And then he goes out and he does something as boneheaded as he does. But the other thing as well, I will say this, Michael, right? You've got two QBs, active QBs in your roster. I know you've got Brett Rippon, who usually is not is a game day inactive. You've got two QBs, one of whom is Teddy Bridgewater, who has been seriously injured and who is brittle, to say the least. The other one is Drew Locke, who is not a mobile quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Why on earth do you have a read option play in your playbook? What is that doing there? Why are you calling that play, Shermer? I mean, you have all the momentum gone behind you. Locke has come in, he's thrown a good pass. The game is tight. You've had a good drive. Why are you calling that play? That's bonkers. Like the, and yet, it's a stupid play by Locke. I don't know what the hell he was doing, but... And I'm not trying to excuse the guy, but if that play wasn't called in the first place, then that's not going to happen. Like, you've got all these wide receivers. You've got two very dangerous tight ends. You've got a lethal running back combination. But no, let's call the read option play because that's worked so well with our QBs, Drew Locke and Teddy. No, like, come on, man. That's the last play you should call in that situation. So sorry, Mick, but no, I I, I have to say I disagree. I don't think I don't think Bridgewater was doing anything in that game because he was having one of those games where he is who he is, and like this team, we it's not built to do anything except ground game defense keeps you in there. Bridgewater is not going to win you a game. He doesn't put a team on his back, and Locke certainly doesn't either. If Locke put a team on his back, he'd drop it, he'd fumble it, and the other team would recover it. But uh, no, I I I, I don't. As Colin pointed earlier on, we're going to go around, we're dancing around. So the only civil war that should be taking place in Broncos could be in the summer is, do we go for a veteran QB in a trade, as in Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, or do we trade up and pick our guy finally in the draft 
and build the entire team around him. Because there's this narrative built up that George Payton has had this amazing uh, season where he's put together all these incredible pieces. We'll come to that later on now about the Pro Bowl, which would suggest that this has been blown way out of proportion. Um, so you're going to hear, oh, you know, this team is ready to win now. No, it isn't. So you're going to get this, oh, we have to go and trade for this veteran quarterback. Maybe, maybe. But why don't you finally, once and for all, trade up and go, we want Matt Corral out of Ole Miss, or we want Pickett out of Pittsburgh, and we're going to trade up and get him in the top five or the top six. That's what we need to do. So that's the war that needs to happen in Broncos country. Forget arguing about, you know, who's the the better option out of the two that are there. Neither of them are good enough. They never were, and they never, they never will be. Can't wait to the off-season chat in this show, boys. It's going to be good fun. Um <laughs> like and Michael, nothing like and again, I I I would agree. I we weren't going anywhere with with Teddy, but like for Drew, the opportunity was there, right? We were down by mm. five points, and he got the ball back. And yeah, there wasn't a huge amount of time left, but my God, between penalties, between the the way in which he threw the ball, like that last drive that we had was. It was shamble. It was shambolic. There is there's no other word for it. It, it was be, it, between the the penalties were a disaster. Locke's play was worse, and Shermer's play calling was the most disastrous thing of all. But every single person drew showed no pocket awareness. He took an awful sack. He threw the ball at about a, a hundred miles an hour. If he was trying to throw it through uh, plywood. That's the sort of pace he was putting on onto the ball. And it just was, it was awful to, to watch because we, ha- we have guys. I mean, the, the best thing probably Jerry Judy did in the game was he stopped an interception on that last drive. But that just summed it up. There we were. It was the complete antithesis of what we used to have. And I know it's going back to the John Elway days, but that's where like the Broncos were known. That's how the Broncos got known around the league because we were so bad for so long. Elway comes in and it was always give, give, give the ball to put it in John's hands. There's less than two minutes to go. The Broncos are going down the field. We didn't always win, but we won more often than we lost. And the thing, see sorry, for me, like, sorry, Mark, the other thing I think as well that needs to be, but in the last couple of weeks, we have seen the return of the very, very, very bad Gareth Bowles that was there a couple of years ago. And I know he had a good season last year, but I think some of that may have been attributed to the lack of holding calls in the NFL when the crowds weren't there. Bowles has really struggled. And the, is it uh, Trey Hendrickson, the Cincinnati Bengals guy? He gave Bowles fits at the weekend. And yeah, I know one of those sacks was Lock holding on to the ball too long, but he seemed to live in the backfield and he was on Bowles for most of that game. So the offensive line has struggled recently and, and Bowles in particular has struggled very, very badly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seeing a guy like Aaron Rodgers play in the flesh this weekend is making me pine like a 
12 year old schoolgirl for someone like, that, like literally lads honestly like like he is unreal i would love him in denver um but not even that there like you know you're looking at baltimore the game i was at and seeing huntley come in a, a backup and, and what he could do i mean come on are they taking the hand of us or what's the crack here like i mean this is it, 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 it like i am like, i'm concerned that we're going to be sitting here again in three or four months and drew lock could have a couple of decent final two games like ser- seriously seriously right couple of decent games at the end of the season and you're going to have people going oh give him another chance and then he ends up staying as a backup or something and it's like the deja vu circle all over again anyway and, and anyway well, i know we're going to jump in just, on that. just very quickly like huntley is i think the thing about huntley is really interesting right because i saw him in in the flesh as well might have come in um uh, against the bears and they they won that game and and this is the kid with enormous talent but but the difference again is the Ravens had a plan and they have a great head coach in John Harbaugh who's dealing with all sorts of injuries this year. I mean, the, the, the injuries they have had make our injuries last year look tame and yet they're still competitive and they have this young QB come in. But they Huntley is the same sort of player as Lamar. Right, they deliberately did that. They looked for a guy who had the similar sort of skill set, so their playbook didn't have to change, and they could go out and do similar sorts of things. That's smart. I mean, it's it's pretty self evident, but it is smart that you get a QB who, if you if he if the backup has to come in, he can run the same system as your main QB. Whereas we have two QBs who have completely different skill sets. I mean, again, it just it's asinine. Yeah, Colin, when you were when you were in the states, myself and Mick were on the podcast. We actually said at that stage, and it wasn't necessarily a knock on lock, but we had sort of said it would make more sense now to have Rippon as your QB two on the depth chart because Rippon is actually much more similar to Bridgewater. Now, Rippon is the not the answer to anything at all, but in terms of styles of play, as in if the QB goes down, then what is the more obvious choice to replicate what your starting QB in Bridgewater is it's absolutely Brett Rippon as in cerebral good at short to intermediate passing has no real arm strength but no like not even we can't even get the Q backup QB situation sorted out this this franchise is so dysfunctional but anyway but that's that that, you know we did touch on that I I guess maybe they felt you know I, I the only thing, Mick, I would say about if Locke comes in and plays quite well, which, you know, is, is might be sort of stretching the bounds of imagination at this stage, but I don't think it'll matter for the simple reason that the whole the whole building is presumably going to be cleaned out at the end of the year. So I, I would say if Locke plays well, maybe it might be useful for trade um, in the offseason as opposed to anything else. Staying on that sort of topic, though, you mentioned this off, off, uh, off mic, off camera in some cases before this started. Uh, and I'll let you give us the lovely things that we fact. talk yeah. talk about off mic on this, Michael. I tell you, it, 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 uh, it's well, fun. you were talking about the Pro Bowl, and obviously the Broncos haven't had anybody selected to the Pro Bowl this year yet. Obviously, they've got some backup alternates there, but you, yeah. you have a fact for us, have you? This, yeah. So if so, the three players were were voted as Pro Bowl alternates, which is uh, Simmons, Sertan, and uh, Gareth Bowles, um, and if none of the three of them make the Pro Bowl, which, you know, is probably 50-50 considering a lot of players drop out and you get injuries and whatever. But if none of those players make the Pro Bowl roster, it will be the first time since 1970 that there wasn't a single Broncos player on the Pro Bowl roster. Now, I think, you know, there is an element of the Pro Bowl being 
a beauty pageant. However, there is some merit in it as well because it's voted for by fans, by coaches and by players. Um, so I think this kind of does put some kind of lie to the myth about this magnificent roster that has been built with an abundance of talent that is only one QB away from flourishing and making regular appearances in the in the you know AFC championships and presumably the Super Bowls. I think we may be guilty of overestimating some of our players. And and to me, and I think you guys might probably agree with me, by far and away the two best players on this team this year have both been rookies, Pat Sertan and Javante Williams. I think then Justin Simmons will probably come after Sertan for me. Um so it's a good sign in one way that the rookies are performing as well as they have done, but there's been an awful lot of other players. Um, like at one stage, the Broncos organization put out a thing where it was the last day of Pro Bowl voting by the fans, and they put out a list of players that they wanted you to vote for the Pro Bowl. And I'm sorry, some of them were just laughable. Like, honestly, like you're kind of going, I don't think these players' mums would have the neck to suggest that they should have voted to the Pro Bowl because uh, they just haven't shown up. You know, and I mean, in fairness, you could go, well, maybe some of the wide receivers would have had better seasons if, if they had a quarterback. But I just think that's kind of revealing to me that um, this supposedly uh, talent-laden roster may not be quite as good as, as we are led to believe on a fairly regular basis. Let's look ahead to this game. Uh, I think we could talk about Pro Bowls for a bit. But personally, I don't even like the Pro Bowl. I think the Pro Bowl is a waste of time. I think the Senior Bowl or something in regards to the draft should be on the week before. Or even, I'm going to be controversial here, Colin, I think the two worst teams should have to play for the number one pick the Sunday before the Super Bowl. I'm going to look yeah, ahead. That would, that'd, be, that'd be massively entertaining. I, I, I do. I, but people would watch it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we'd no, watch it, it and would, we'd get involved. It'd be, yeah. it'd, it'd be meaningful. It'll actually give those two teams something to, to play for. I would just say, I think, you know, Simmons has been outstanding this year. Um, and I do think Pat Sertain is very good and Devonta Williams. Those guys are based off of this season's performances, right? And not talent or not potential. Those are the three that I see who, you know, it, it would would get on, say, uh, you know, uh, uh, going into the playoffs if the Packers were to take three. Those are the guys who'd make the Packers better, who'd make the, the Chiefs better, who'd make any team they went to better as starters, not just as backups or just as part of the roster. Those guys are uh, superstars. And look, the, the the defense as a whole has done well. So, you know, there, there, there are guys there. But we we definitely, we still need more takeaways. We're, we're really good at, at keeping, holding um, opposing teams to, to low scores. But we, we need more, more takeaways. But anyway, we have a Raiders game to talk about. We do indeed. It's the quadruple seven game, the seven seven Broncos going up in Vegas against the seven seven Raiders. I remember at the start of the year, there's people looking at this game going, that's a great matchup in December. Broncos and Raiders probably going for the West at that point. Not 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 to be this year. But uh, it should be an interesting game in Vegas. High stakes. Uh for me, I'll I'll say this before I get used to boys in the action here. Um before I give away my pick for this game, I am firmly of the belief that this is the week. That Vic Fangio cements his legacy in Denver. I, I think he loses his job based upon this weekend's game. And I personally think the Broncos have more chance of going into the MGM and putting money on 32 red than they have a win in this game of the weekend. And that's the problem. They shouldn't have an issue against this Raiders team. I'm concerned they will. Even more so because Drew Locke's starting the quarterback. But um, 
it's it's uh, a worrying game and you're seeing whispers of Vic Fangio online staying around and like you know yards people saying oh you should be given another year there's loads of people including ourselves like you know I know I know sure you're looking for them to be gone maybe but I I personally think this is a weekend that that's immense that and I and I can already picture Colorado media outlets on Monday morning and I I think we all know what's going to happen here but for me, I'm I'm taking the Raiders. The reason I'm taking the Raiders, boys, is because I think they have a far more efficient offense than we have. Seriously. Like, seriously. Like, I think Carl get it down the field. You Hunter Renfro as well. I, I think the Broncos will not perform well in Vegas. Uh, and I just want the season to be over. I, I, I don't see any benefit from this game from this team. And I think if the Broncos were to win and then lose against the Chargers and Chiefs, it's that false sense of hope again. But uh, I, I just think that this, this is the weekend Fangio will will be destined to go from because I just can't see us winning this game. Colin, have you got anything positive to tell us about this game? Um, no, I definitely think we can win it because the the Raiders ha- are... Now, it says something that we have the same record as the Raiders and they have lost their uh, head coach um, for being a big racist. And um, they also have had a, a player who is very likely to to face potentially murder, if not manslaughter, charges. And despite that sort of level of disruption, the Raiders have the same record as us when we had, you know, the stability overall that, that the Broncos have had and the Broncos have had an, an easier um suite of games as well given where we we finished last year so that kind of to to me i mean look neither of these teams are go i realistically they're they're not going to to the playoffs uh, either of them there are similarities in some respects because i i don't think either of these franchises has their um, as their QB, I, I I do think that the Raiders will move on from Derek Carr. Now, whether that's this year, given what's in the, the draft, but I imagine they will be in play as well for Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and, and whoever else goes. They will have to. I, I don't believe, I think at this point, they realize that they're not going anywhere with, with Derek Carr. Um, Carr will get a chance at, elsewhere to, to stay the ship, but you're not going to ever make a playoff run realistically. He he has, has games where he plays well, but when the pressure is on, um, I, I don't think Carr performs. I I think probably, you know, this is, we need Garrett Bowles to have a, a, a good game and we need um, Bobby Massey, if he, if he plays there, to have a, a, a good game because Drew Locke is going to be in there. Now, I talked about Drew took a couple of awful um, sacks in the game last weekend and he's going to be coming up against Ngakwe and Max Crosby Max Crosby is who's having a, a really good year um, a guy who went through a lot of um, personal issues himself two years ago he was in rehab and, and now he's having a, a, like a career year so I think that's going to be uh, Im- imperative that if we're to do anything you have to protect Locke um my concern is turning the ball over um that because that is something that drew lock has done throughout his time in the league and i think that is where we could lose the game but the raiders offense doesn't scare me 
I mean, they just about, um, you know, uh, won their their last game. Um, they're they're not a team that they started off the season really well, but obviously, given all of the the issues that they have had, um, they you know they are um what what they they overcame they beat a a, a kind of a, a third string brown side similar to what we had to face, but they you know they got sixteen points. They um obviously decided against the Chiefs that they were going to try to play with one high safety. So the Raiders never learn. Um, that All that said, I think they have more issues as a franchise uh, than, than we do. And so I'm going to say that the Broncos win this game. Uh, now, I have said earlier in the podcast that I think we need a clear out from top to bottom. And that's my concern. We, that we will win this game and there, you know, that, there, there will be, I've heard the talk as well, Michael, because the ownership situation might not get sorted out in time. Therefore, Vic gets a, a, another year. We've got tougher games in the last two, but I think that the Broncos are going to win this and you, you never, you never ever want to lose to the Raiders, no matter when the, the situation is. I think that our running backs are going to carry us to, to victory this weekend. I think um, a couple of things. We we've got a poor record in. I know they've changed, you know, recently from stadiums, but we've a poor record when we play these guys away from home. Um, and they absolutely walloped us in Denver earlier on the season. Colin, you were talking about Max Crosby, um, and Locke having not great pocket presence. The one thing Bridgewater does have is pocket presence, but still, Crosby. I think he had was he up two and a half, three sacks that that day against us. Um, so Crosby is a handful even when the offensive line is playing well and their defense is really poor. Like they're they're I think they're ranked 27th or 28th total defense in the NFL. So you should be scoring points on these guys. I mean, I think, look, you know, you'd like to think that the fact that Teddy was out early this week, you know, I think the news was coming through on Monday and then it was confirmed on Tuesday morning that, that it was going to be lock. You'd hope then that Shermer would have, some kind of plan put in place to maximize Locke's talents and to hide well maximize his talents or hide his weaknesses. It depends what way you want to look at it. The easiest way of doing that is to keep running the ball and run the ball and run the ball and get him to dump off passes, you know, maybe try to use the tight ends because the Raiders they've also lost uh Abram, who I think is probably their best defender outside of Crosby. He's gone for the season now as well. And I think Waller, the tight end who has you know has joined an incredibly long list of tight ends who murdered the Broncos over the years. Waller is right up there again. I think Waller is questionable because he didn't play against um, the third-string Browns the other night. So, obviously, Waller being out would be a massive boon to uh, the Broncos' defense because he's a player that has hurt us. Hunter Renfro, Michael, as you pointed out, he's the danger man. I think Jacobs doesn't seem to be playing as well as he has done in the past. Um so I, I, it's a strange one. I mean, there's, you can kind of you can see how they could win it. You could see how they 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 could very easily lose the game. I have a feeling that this will be something of a blowout, and I'm not sure which team is going to suffer the blowout. I think this could be like twenty eight ten or something, and I think it could just as easily be the Broncos as the Raiders. I think the fact that the Raiders are like us, they still feel that they have a some kind of a shot at the playoffs, even though they deep down realize it's it, they don't. 
I mean, I think that last-minute field goal against the Browns probably gave them a bit of pep going into this game, whereas if they'd lost that, then they were absolutely out. They, they may have been. But they're just not a particularly good football team. You know, as Colin said, they've undergone a huge amount of upheaval this season. Um, uh, so I, I genuinely don't know who's going to win this game. No result would surprise me. Um, but I think, you know, you, you really got to be scoring points against these guys. I just, I would prefer to see Shermer lean really heavily on the run game for the first couple of quarters, try and chew up some clock. And if, when he does get locked, sort of drop back and pass, get him to do the things he's comfortable with. Lock is better at a shotgun than under center. So there's no point in, I mean, the guy's been there for what, three years now. He's not going to be comfortable under center. Realize this, Shermer, you know. Um, and as much as Lock is probably putting out some game tape for the teams to look at. So is Shermer in the last couple of games, because barring a miracle, these guys are gone. You know, um, I don't see it happening. Shermer is just a wretched offensive coordinator. He has been for most of his career. Don't see anything changing. But the other would... thing, Stuart, is there's no joy with Pat Shermer. You watch those press Oh, the shots of a and... crowd are up in the box. It is. It's a poll, like it's a poll. Like how how he, can you? He looks bored, Colin. Why do you think the rest of us feel that? Huh? Yeah, like what, <laughs> whatever you want to say about Bill Belichick's press conferences at times, right? You can see clearly guys play obviously for him and the respect that he commands and how animated he is on the field and and how elegantly he talks about the game when he wants to talk about it. But Pat Shermer, my God, like you just listen to him and it is honestly like a pneumatic drill would be preferable. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, me saying maybe Pat will put, maybe Pat will put a plan in place to utilize locks. Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, deep down, I kind of know that's probably not going to happen. Um, but if they want to have, it, it's a strange one because we seem to say this every week. They have to win this to stay in the playoffs, and yet things kind of transpire to keep them. Um, obviously, now this is if they lose this game against the Raiders, any hope is gone. I mean, I think. I think PFF give the Broncos a 9% chance of making the playoffs at this stage, which is probably about right. Um, it, it'll be about 1% if they lose this game to the Raiders. Hopefully somebody does get one of those drills for Christmas. Um, hope you boys have a great Christmas. And hopefully I'm talking to you boys about a win next week. We'll see what happens. But uh, I, I have to bounce. Have you, have you any final words? I hope Justin Simmons wins the Walter Payton Man of the Year because he would be well-deserving of that. He is one of the genuine leaders on of this team on and off the, the field, and he has been one of the bright spots that we have had over the past couple of years. He's credited to himself, and it, it is a, a thing. You know, we, we, we all know the famous uh, quote about Jano, if we 22 Janos, if we 22 Justin Simmons, we would be going places. Just to echo that, Mick, I'd love to see uh, Javante Williams win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think Parsons has Defensive Rookie of the Year sewn up, and rightly so, as good as Pat Sertan has been. I think Parsons is, is next level altogether, and he's just a game wrecker. But I think Javante Williams has a legitimate shot. I mean, I think there's been some good rookies. Obviously, Mac Jones would probably be the the highlight grabber. And because he's a QB, maybe he might, you know, naturally sort of be inclined to win an award like that. But I think Javante Williams, if things are judged uh, fairly, I think he's got every right to be, you know, certainly in the top two or three in regards to that award because he's been lights out. Javante Williams has been the only reason to watch the Broncos offense for the vast majority of this season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, that's our picks for the week. Really appreciate your time, boys. Uh, thanks again to everyone listening in. 
on the Mile High Report podcast network. And I'll speak to you next week, hopefully after a Broncos win, but I can't see it personally. But uh, yeah, take care. Go Broncos. Happy holidays. Knowledge Shona. Happy holidays. Go Broncos. Happy Christmas. You filthy animals. (laughs) Merry Christmas to one of all. See you next week.